and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. We're back this week with Liz Curtis Higgs discussing her book, It's Good to Be Queen and Real Womanhood, The Wise Woman. Liz, welcome back. What a blessing to be with you to chat again. I so appreciate your heart, Denise, and, and the, um, the agreement I feel as we share the truths of God's word. It's, it's just a blessing, isn't it? Like old friends. Yes, it is. I'm so, so grateful. Well, you know, I think about, too, just shifted gears a little bit, the women, you know, again, listening in today and the expectations that they've had. And I like what you said earlier about how man looks at the outside, right? There's this focus on women and we have to look a certain way or do certain things. But where, you know, as I think about your book, where should the significance of a woman come from? Well, you know, it's an easy answer, of course, and that's from who we are in Christ. Amen. Who we are is based on who he is. Um, years and years ago, and this book is long out of print, so I probably shouldn't even mention it, but, but I wrote a book, and we're talking 1996, <laughs> oh, baby, <laughs> so 22 years ago. Um, but it, it, it was who Christ is from A to Z, to help us memorize those attributes of his and who we are in Christ from A to Z. And, you know, the idea was to understand he is anointed. He's our bridegroom. He's our counselor. He's our deliverer. He's our everlasting father and our faithful friend. Um, It helps us understand who he is. Then we are adopted. We are beautiful. We're his children, his disciples. You get the idea. Yes. Uh, But if you're going to study one or the other, I got to tell you, the one you want to study is who he is. Because Mm. anything we have, boldness, confidence, any of those wonderful 10 attributes of Sheba, um, or all the attributes of the Proverbs 31 woman, the Titus 2 woman, any woman you want to look at in the Bible and say, that's my girl, that's who I want to be like. What you want to study, you might want to look at her life, and I love to do that, but Mm. I'm always looking through her to the God she loves. Yes. We know that's where all those strengths come from. They are not um, learned behavior, though I do think as the longer we walk with God and the more he fills us up, it does become a little bit second nature, but what it really is is his nature, not ours. Mm. Um, But it does begin to feel, how can I say this, like us. You know what I'm saying? In other words, it it feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels, it feels good. It feels like this, yes, this is how I'm to be walking. It also helps us notice much more quickly when we stumble. See, we used to call what we did when we were stumbling, oh, it's just human nature. I, that's just how it is. You know, we kind of brush it off when what it really is, friends, is sin. Yes. Um, yes. What, the more I can see the goodness of God, the more I quickly pick out the badness of Liz, um, the sooner I can submit it to him and say, okay, Lord, you're showing me after all these years of knowing you, you've shown me a new thing today that I'm not, I haven't got right. Mm. Here it is, Lord, I'm handing it to you and I'm asking you, show me what to do. Help me fill me up with the right stuff. Clean out the bad stuff. It's a daily thing. It, it is not, you know, meet Jesus and whoop, done. 
Um, no. <laughs> oh, that would be easy. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, but you know what? We learned nothing and we would take credit for it. Yes. It transformed so immediately in our, in our actions, lifestyle, and so forth. We take credit. We just would. Yes, we would. You know, I just was uh, talking about the I am statements of Christ recently in our identity being found in him and realizing our identity really, he gives us his identity. And all, when I think about the significance of who I am, I just think of it is Christ in me alone. And one of my daughters yesterday asked me, she said, mom, I know this is going to sound like a bad question, but why do we glorify God? And I, I loved the question because I started to think about it. And I, you know, I said, you know, man is man centered and it's all about my glory. Look what I can do. Look how nice I look. But when I'm glorifying God and I exist just for his glory, others look at me and they don't see me. Right. They can know him. Right. And that is the highest calling. And so I, I love just kind of thinking about with Queen of Sheba and how her quest for wisdom wasn't just so she would be a smarty. <laughs> oh, oh no. Mm -mm. You know, it was this, she saw someone who knew God. Yes. And you know, in her country, in the, in the land of Sheba 3000 years ago, they had about a hundred deities that they mm -hmm. had to uh, build temples to and appease and, you know, burn sacrifices for and so forth. So you can imagine a woman who's dealing with a hundred different little gods, small g, plural s, hearing about this man known all over the ancient Near East for his relationship with one God. Um, that's what, you know, just really drew her to him. I think she might have said to anybody who asked while she was riding on that camel, what are you after? I'm after wisdom. Mm. But it was really the Lord drawing her to him. It's such a picture of how he speaks to us and reaches to us when we're in search of something that might be for our own benefit. Um, you yes. know, she wanted to go back and as you say, be a smarty pants. <laughs> the truth <laughs> is, she found so much more. Yes. Um, and I, I just think that's, that's something we could aspire to because I've been asking myself, where would I travel two months in discomfort, you know, in the world, in two months, you could go around the world many times over in the way we, we travel these days. You know, sometimes it's like, would I even be willing to travel two miles to hear a great speaker of God? Um, or am I too lazy for that? Or think I'm, I have enough information or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, that's what makes her so, such a standout to me is her willingness to take risks to be bold, to be uncomfortable, to be humbled, not to humble herself, but to be humbled mm. by God and by Solomon. And um, I, there's a lot going on there. I, I'm still learning from her. I think the beauty of studying scripture is we've never got it. We've never got it all figured out. We can never yes. see, I've heard that story. I never need to hear it again. <laughs> Uh, if that were true, we would not need to hear the Christmas story every Christmas and the mm. Easter story every Easter, but we do. We need yes. to look at it afresh and say, this year, Lord, I'm a different person than the last time I looked at this, at this scripture. What can you Amen. teach me today? 
Yeah, you know, we're a forgetful people, and I especially am. And so <laughs> I do the same Bible reading plan every year, and it doesn't matter how many times I've read different scriptures, there's always something new. And, and I was really struck just from what you're saying, too. I mean, the Queen of Sheba was hungering, really, after God. You know, and she saw the treasure of wisdom and of relationship. But I, I know, I think, and I look over 30 years of walking with the Lord, there's been dry seasons. There's been seasons where, okay, I'm going to do my Bible reading plan, my devotions, check mark, check mark. But it wasn't really hungering. And it really wasn't until I was at a hard place that I thirsted and hungered after God and then went to a different level of just, I've got to have my time with him, not I have to have my time with him. <laughs> you know? Yes, I do know. And I, I would also venture to say that's the reason we sometimes go through the hard places and the dry places. Mm -hmm. Um, because we certainly see that in the Bible. When, when a famine pops up in the Bible, it is purposeful. God is saying to his people, I'm going to make you literally hungry and thirsty so that you'll see that you've fallen away from me, that you have lost your hunger and thirst for me. Um, he does it over and over and over and over and over and over and over in the Bible. And he does it over and over in our own lives. Um, it's hard to be grateful for hard times. Um, honestly, it's the gift we really don't want. But I have found, and I'm walking through a cancer journey right now, mm. I have found that in that hard journey, God is so faithful. Yes, He is more present, more real, more loving, more grace-giving, more supportive, stronger, deeper, wider than I ever knew him to be. And guess what? He has not changed. He was always all those things. Yes. But being in the valley with him has opened my eyes to who he really is. Mm -hmm. And I know you'll appreciate this, Denise, but I finally <laughs> understand that everything I've been teaching for the last 35 years is true. Amen. <laughs> you know, we teach these biblical truths. We know they're the truth. They're in the word so we can teach them with authority. But... There's a difference between knowing and experiencing. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, knowing is important, but experiencing is the real deal. Back to Sheba, that was it. The knowledge, the wisdom was more than knowing, she realized. It was experiencing God. Mm. Uh, and, and so it is true for all of us. And so when the hard days come, oh, my friends, I just want to say to you, hang in there grab onto the hem of his garment and say, I know you are with me, Lord, and I know you will never leave me or forsake me. Whatever is ahead, it is for my good and your glory. That's what's gotten me through the cancer thing for the last 10 months and however much longer that's going to go. My good, his glory. Uh, and, you know, if you can hang on to that, it's so simple, but wow, it has gotten me through. You just answered really the next question I had, which was in that chasm of knowing and applying is really crying out. You know, so anyone listening today, if you feel like, well, that's other people can do that. I, I just can't. You know, God sees you and he's the one that enables you, but we just need to ask, just need to cry out. And he's so good to answer us. 
Liz, in closing, what would you say burdens your heart most about women today? Well, it's interesting. I um, asked a woman, a friend of mine who's a counselor, uh, just this week, I said, what's the, the, the greatest need that women have when they walk in the door seeking mm. counseling? And first up was childhood abuse. Mm. And second was marital abuse, spousal abuse. Um, one from the past, one from the present, though often the present is tied to the past in that issue. And it broke my heart because I feel like, oh, dear sisters, we've come so far and we have so many more places to turn now than we might have had 30 or 40 or 50 years ago. But the truth is there's a whole lot of shame involved in both. Mm -hmm. And I know shame is a subject that you are writing about. Um, I love the title of your book, uh, Shame Off You, exactly. Um, (laughs) Because here's the thing about shame. We often feel that we deserve to be ashamed, that we should carry our shame like a cloak on our shoulders. But God intends that shame and guilt be laid at the cross. Mm. Because Jesus paid for our not just our sins, but all the shame and the guilt that goes with it so that we can live in freedom. Mm. Freedom is the very opposite of abuse. Abuse is being um, held captive to someone else's sin um, and somehow convincing ourselves that we deserve it. Um, nothing could be farther from the truth. Mm. Not a woman listening to this podcast who deserves to be treated as anything less than a wonderful woman of God. But we often, we beat ourselves up emotionally and therefore feel other people have the right to beat us up in other ways. Uh, And they don't. And the scripture would never support that kind of treatment. But the shame is the sticking point. Mm. So to my friends, here's what I want to say. Shame never comes from God. Shame only comes from the enemy. Mm. Guilt, guilt is sometimes deserved. When we do something wrong, yes, we feel guilty. We are uh, uh, convicted of our sin. And we go right to the one who died for all those sins, and he washes us, us clean over and over. It's amazing to me his ability to forgive us when we are contrite, when we come to him and convicted by the Holy Spirit. But condemnation, condemnation is the enemy's work. Paul Mm -hmm. said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we should never live feeling ashamed. We should never live feeling condemned. But it is the enemy of our soul's great delight to tell us over and over again, you're not worthy, you're not good, there's nothing good about you, you deserve any negativity you get, you deserve any punishment you get, and on and on and on it goes. We hear that voice so condemningly day after day that we come to believe it. In fact, sometimes we even think that's God telling me I'm bad. Nope, it's not the loving voice of God. He convicts but he never condemns. Amen. Um, yeah. So th- if you want to say what burdens my heart most for women um, is that shame that they continue to carry around as if 
they must, as if there is no recourse for that. And Jesus said, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Wow. You know, you don't know this, likely you don't know this, but the book that the Lord put in my heart to write came from a place of abuse and from my former husband harming my children. Oh, and being at a place of feeling so much shame and thinking this isn't the testimony I wanted. Right. You know, I, I want to be a homeschool mom. You know, I waited for marriage and I'm going to do everything right. (laughs) And you realize we do. And I, I talk about condemnation in my book as well. And, but there's shame throughout our lives and Christ took all of our shame And that's an amazing thing to think about. So Liz, thank you so much for being with us today and just sharing your heart to help us, all these women listening. We appreciate your willingness to share what God has given you, us as well. And My delight. Thank you. the, The raw truth for today is that as women, our significance comes from Christ alone. The radical grace is that our God enables us to live out godly lives that bring him glory. And the real hope is that our story is not over and we can cry out to God in our time of need. He knows the end, friends. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. 